Hello and welcome to the Villa Talks podcast. Welcome to episode 102. Welcome to our YouTube channel. Uh, this is our probably fourth or fifth video on here. So please do subscribe and like this video if you haven't done already. And if you're new to the channel, please do subscribe. We'll be putting a lot more content on on a regular basis. I am back with a post-match rant. <laughs> it seems like me and AJ do these on a regular basis as well. Um, AJ, mate, how are you? I'm all right, mate, in the circumstances, you know, a bit tired, a bit tired. My son's been waking up at five in the morning, but yeah, we had a slightly better one this morning. So, you know, yeah, a little bit, My... little bit of recovery this morning. But... Not good, not good. And all you needed was uh, that performance, wasn't it? Just, to, just For, to Yeah, fortunately, mate, the football is obviously cheering me up massively at the moment. So it's great with everything that's going on in the country and uh, yeah. All of that. What yeah. you need is a bit of joyful escapism when uh, your football team's doing so well, don't you? So here yeah. we are to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. No, I, um, I'm i in a similar boat to you, mate. I uh, My youngest two are, are been quite ill for the last couple of days, so uh, I've had a real lack of sleep, less a busy day, uh, busy week at work, and uh, was was looking forward to tonight, really, um, in a weird way. I've been dreading a lot of the games recently, but um, I just uh, I just thought, you know, maybe maybe after the, that first half performance, you know, you're a fan, you know, you want the best for your club, and you have you have that little bit of hope, don't you, as a fan? I think most most people have had a beating out of them over the last few weeks and last few months, but I just had that slight glimmer of hope that maybe we could we could put in a performance. And um, from minute one, really, wasn't it? It was uh, first of all, it was the starting lineup. We'll, we'll come on to in a second, but just from minute one, the the attitude, the application, the tactics, it was all wrong, wasn't it? Uh, it was just predictable, wasn't it? It was just entirely predictable. Um, any coach worth their salt knows exactly what we're going to do. They know we're going to be narrow. They know it's going to be some variation of four three three. Uh, they know that, um, you know, we're going to play in a mid block, you know, we're not really going to press the ball high up the pitch. They're going to have time to play out from the back and find their passes. And then we'll do a sort of half press when they get into our area of the pitch. They know if they switch it quickly, then that, uh, bypasses our midfield completely and leaves our fullbacks exposed and often overloaded. It do, you don't have to be a great coach to figure all that out. And that's exactly what, um, Marco Silva did uh, and that's exactly what Fulham did and they were all over us from the beginning of the game uh, and yeah some harsh decisions which under normal circumstances we'd probably be sitting here ranting about the refereeing and all of that sort of stuff but we were never in the game so didn't matter whether we had 10 men or 11 it didn't matter that we gave away a really soft penalty we were mm. never in the game uh, our tactical weaknesses are obvious they were exploited ruthlessly um but it's not hard to do that and you know i said to you before the game on the whatsapp uh, you're not supposed to say this as a fan but there was a part of me that wanted us to lose today because there's just no uh, no amount of time is going to improve the situation for steven gerald at this club which isn't to say he can't go away you know, learn a bit more about football management and become a good football manager in the future. But he's not going to do that in the time he has at Aston Villa. That you know, we're at risk of serious risk of relegation now. There's not time for him to figure mm. out how to be a football manager whilst he's managing one of the biggest clubs in the country. It's just not, you know. So I'd rather get it over and done with. And in a way, I'm glad it was a convincing and pathetic defeat because 
I hope that just hastens his departure. And I hope I hope we don't even have to wait for the Brentford game. Like I just get I would just get rid, you know. Uh, just, there's no value now in keeping him. I feel like a caretaker manager in the short term would get better results than he's gonna than he's gonna get. It's just, it's done. It needs to be done. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's um it was like the bingo of um a manager's last match, wasn't it? It was uh, yeah. bad performance, poor application, sending off own goal. Uh, you know, just just poor all over the shop. Really, uh, you know, dodgy decisions as well by the referee doesn't help. But you know, you're right. You know, right. Even when uh, Louise got sent off, you know, normal under normal circumstances, I'm there and I'm I'm frustrated with the referee and I'm ruining our luck. But I, I just wasn't. I was completely apathetic to to it to be honest because of what had happened in the first half by the end of it i was angry i was i was really angry just just with yeah. uh with the players as well uh not not just the manager i think the players have a, a part to blame here 100 percent. you know the, the application you know, the likes of ings and bailey and mcginn ramsey in the first half or they're probably better in the second half you know all over the shop really really poor but i don't think they were helped at all by um by the tactics and by the selection putting condor in i understand you know gerard is um is worried about Cash's hamstring and is maybe looking to rest him. And you know we've got three games in a week, but we you know we've we've uh, bomb squad out Gilbert. Uh, we haven't looked to sign in the right back. Uh, we didn't really uh, didn't really deal with that position at all. Paying Lo- Conzo loaned, loaned out Kesler Hayden as well. Loaned out Kesler Hayden um, and and playing Conzo so narrow against. Against uh, against uh, I think it was who on the left hand side it was William, wasn't it? Obviously, you know William, you know is like fifty eight years old and made us look like amateurs. And um, just just the tactics we talked about it on Twitter. Um, I'm sorry, on WhatsApp. You know the tactics. You can tell there was a manager in Silver who knew who knew football, who knows how to set up a team. You know they completely bypassed our front three. Our front three were just marking air for for most of that first half. And as soon as they beat that front three, which was easy because it was just picking up spaces in between. The front three because of how narrow they were then they were switching the play so quickly out wide um and and playing with pace some playing with speed and playing with intent something we haven't seen villa do in a long long time and because of that they were able to exploit us time and time again and you know people will talk about bailey and ramsey not tracking back and helping condor out but they never had a chance really i mean we played this and even the commentators although the commentators were awful throughout the game to be honest but even the commentators um alluded to the sort of mid block that we play where we're not really pressing we're not really sitting back we sort of <laughs> we're in no man's no man's world. we've seen it time and time again under gerald haven't we where we just don't know what we're doing and it ends exactly. up we're not we're not one thing or the other are we you know yeah. i just don't i don't and it, it's it's hard isn't it for the commentators because you could feel them almost falling over themselves wanting to support him and be you know well he's the great Steven Gerrard Premier League legend and all of that sort of stuff but even even in those circumstances there's still it's unavoidable to say there's no identity for this team right and you know there's no identity and and I think you can kind of understand after a reasonably good performance at Chelsea why he didn't change anything radically but the Mm. thing about the Chelsea game was and we talked about this uh on the WhatsApp as well um I don't know against Chelsea whether he's just he's just rolling the dice and putting together different formations, trying to stumble across something that works. Seems like that's the case. Mm. But against Chelsea, it made sense. They play three at the back. Uh, their wing backs are essentially wingers, like especially the way they started with Mason Mount as a wing back. If effectively, yeah. there's always going to be space in behind. So 
it actually feels like quite a sensible tactical move to switch to a 4-3-3 that's got actual wide forwards in it, as opposed to a 4-3-3 with narrow tens. That felt like actually a good tactical decision. And I think that was uh, a lot of the reason why we had that success against Chelsea. But then Fulham don't play that way. You know, Fulham, <laughs> Fulham play a completely different system so mm. just because it worked and was effective against Chelsea that doesn't mean necessarily that you you stick with it uh and at the end of the day we lost the game against Chelsea anyway so it's not like you stick with a winning team or anything like that mm. and again mm. like you know he's just so wedded to this 4-3-3 and his idea of a smart tactical switch is oh Mitrovic pulls out left quite often so let's play a centre-back at right back but otherwise keep exactly the same 4-3-3 that hasn't worked all season and for most of last season either so I, I just don't think well, this isn't to take anything away from Fulham, who I thought were excellent and, you know, picked us off as well as anyone could have done. Mm. But it, it's not like it takes a genius coach to figure out what we're going to do and to respond to it because it's the same every single week, bar, bar some very small tweaks. Yeah, and, and just just some of it just seems so random. Like some games they'll do the inside out thing with McGinn and Ramsey, and some games they won't. Like what? Well, I don't know. Like what? What are they trying to achieve? With I, it? I, 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 I don't understand uh, it at all. I, I, I don't really get it. And that midfield three hasn't worked for a long time, has it? Um, not just the personnel. Um, we'll come on to McGinn in a second, but just the shape of it, um, just what they're looking to do. You know, we, we neither here nor there with those with those uh, midfielders. And I feel I feel for anyone. I, I mean, I'm. I completely agree. And I've said it for a long time. McGinn's been poor um, and continues to be poor and was poor again today. But I don't think any of the midfield are helped by the way that we set up and what we expect the midfielders to do and what we expect their roles to be. A midfielder, and McGinn's a prime example. You know, his, his strengths are uh, on the turnover, winning the ball back and then bombing forward and getting into those goal-scoring goal positions, which, which he did in the Dino. Um, you know, when we were playing well, he got into those good goal-scoring positions and, and, you know, linked up with Jack, got in got in goal-scoring positions in the, in the box. Um, but here, they're expected to play this quasi-fullback role uh, time and time again. And then the other time, they're expected to... Uh, I, I don't know what they're expected to do. They're, they're expected to... When, when, you know, when Louise has got the ball, they're expected to bomb forward and, and sort of join the attack um, for a long ball so they can knock it off. And I, I just don't understand, you know, what, what is their purpose? Do they understand? Do the players understand what they're doing? Is, is just, just well, it doesn't look like it. The shop. Um, yeah, it's just just poor, isn't it? Really, all over. I mean, on 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 the players. Let's talk about the players quickly. What did you make of the application of the players today um, from from minute one? Not, not, let's, let's, we'll talk about obviously Gerard and tactics a bit more, but but just on the players, what were your thoughts on that? Well, look, I said to you, I'm reluctant at this point to criticise any individual player because the problems are too deep, systemic problems. Mm -hmm to single out individual players for me. And that's not to say there weren't performances that you could single out, but Bailey was poor. McGinn had another poor game. Uh, but there's almost no point in in getting into that. Like, the, the, the players don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're essentially being hung out to dry out there. And look, you know, let's take McGinn as, a, as an example. Whether he is of the quality to be where we think we, or where the board are telling us they want to be, it's not really us having that expectation, it's the board that are setting that expectation. Top half, mm. pushing for Europe. Is McGinn of that standard? 
Hmm, I don't know. But he didn't look out of place in a team that finished 11th with 55 points, which is normally enough to, as we've said several times before in the pod, is normally enough to finish 8th or ninth. He didn't look out of place for that team. Uh, he was getting linked. I don't think it was ever going to happen, but the papers were talking about 40, 50 million pound moves to teams like Manchester United and things like that. So mm. he's he's gone from there to where he is now, where he looks like a pub player, you know. And and I, I, don't, I don't think that is down to John McGinn and his application. I mean, we literally used to have memes of him running forever. Like we, you know, we used to like talk about how, you know, he'd play a game and then go and run a marathon or whatever. Those were the sorts of things we used to talk about in terms of his effort and application. Mm. And I don't think, uh, you know, he's the sort of guy to just throw in the towel. So, you know, there's maybe one or two players you could question, but in terms of effort, but I, I don't think, you know, most of the games you look at and Perhaps not tonight, but most of the games you look at, and I, I don't think there is an issue with the players putting the shift in. There's an issue with the setup and the quality. And of course, now everyone's confidence has gone. You know, their confidence is just completely gone. Um, and so, look, yeah, I'm just, I'm really reluctant to single out individual players because everybody is performing badly. Everybody has regressed. And mm. to me, that can only be a coaching issue. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I said I've said the same previously a number of times. I think when everyone is so poor, um, as you say, it, it points to something more. Um, it may not even be tactics. Sometimes it may just be personnel. May not be the right fit. Um, I just think you know. I, I tweeted earlier, and we'll come on to so Gerard's comments now in a second. I'll share them on Twitter. But you know, Gerard admitted. Them, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gerard admitted himself. You know, he's. Uh, He's not. He's not. He's not about tactics. Um, you know, he 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 sort of classes himself as a bit of a man manager, and he relies on his staff um, during the week, and then his job is on on, on match day, really. Uh, a bit like you know Steve Bruce. We talked about it. You know, see the similarities there, but um, he doesn't strike me as as someone with a huge amount of charisma or or nous. And I said, you know, he's got much nous and charisma as my as my, the fluff in my belly button. But what but, but what I mean by that is if you are going to be a good man manager, like the likes of, you know, Mourinho is, even though he's he obviously he's got the tactical nous as well. But you know, the likes of Alex Ferguson, you know, these types of managers where they can build a player up, they know the right thing to say to a player at the right time. They know how to get something out of a player. Martin your classic example, we've seen it at Villa before. Um, you know, Gerard doesn't strike me as having any of those skill sets, you know, in, so just in terms of his, even when things were going well, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't strike me as having that skill set in terms of being able to be someone you can relate to, someone you can get on with, someone you can, you know, you, you obviously respect him because of his achievements in football and, and the type of player he was, but I don't think you respect him because of the type of man he is. I don't, I don't, I don't see him being like this good person, someone the players really get on with and, and see as a, a leader, you know, I, I just don't see it. I don't know. I don't know what you think. No, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? The the reason he was an exceptional leader in his way as a footballer was because he could lead by example, mm. and he was the best player in the team. And you know, he could drag the team along with him by his performance. And, and when we talked about it last time, we compared it to Roy Keane, and it's a similar it's a similar thing. Roy Keane is not. A likable man beyond his sort of humorous cantankerousness and you know the banter relationship with Mika Richards, which we all enjoy. He's not uh, a, 
he's not a leader that you follow because you relate to him and mm. you um and you and, and you like him and you you know you don't and, and i feel like you know we said right from the beginning when he was coming in and banning his ketchups and all of that sort of stuff this is all fine if you get results but if you don't get results everyone's going to hate you and thanks sam for thanks for your contribution <laughs> there mate good to good to have you he's, uh, at, he's, at, the, he's at the game by the way <laughs> oh yeah, yeah sam went didn't he and yeah, yarrick yeah. was there as well um so uh yeah if you are going to have that sort of billy big bollocks i'm the boss man fear me i'm alex ferguson that kind of vibe that's mm. fine if you get if you get results if you don't it's going to fall apart very quickly mm. and that's where we are like i feel like that i just you know um he's and to, i guess the point you're driving at omar is if he's saying his job is to be the front man and the man manager and all of that and he's shit at that uh and then he's also got he's also got no tactical mouse yeah. then What's what the is the the point of him like the only positive thing we've been able to say to him is his ability to attract players that maybe we wouldn't all otherwise I, I, attract. I think the thing is that that's, then that's, that's not worked so. out either because yeah, yeah. coutinho has been rubbish so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that, that hasn't even helped us so that, that skill set though that that, that that management skill set which you know it's not just about football it's just all you know you see it throughout life you see the best managers um it's not always necessarily the best performers um, you know, so, so for the industry I work in, for example, um, the, the person who brings in, who gets the most amount of clients in and brings the most of a, amount of assets in, um, you know, it's not always necessary. It, it, normally what happens is they they get promoted to become the leader because they're the best at what they do. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the same skill set. Likewise in football, yeah. just because they're the best footballer and they've achieved so much doesn't necessarily mean they know the most about football or they're the best person to lead a team. Um, in, right. into a match, you know, and, and that, right. I think that's what we've seen. And, and those skills, that, those skills, you know, like Alex Ferguson's had, Martin Neal's had, that skill set doesn't come to someone who's a rookie like Gerard. It comes to people with experience and dealing with people, dealing with situations and learning from those experiences and learning from your mistakes. He's, he's, he's so early on into his management career, he's just going to be making mistakes. He might become a great, a good manager, but it certainly won't be at Aston River. Well, and I think... Um... Actually, the opposite is almost often true in the sense that, especially in football, if you are an exceptional player uh, with a huge amount of talent, mm. then you don't have to understand and accept coaching in the same way as players who are perhaps less capable uh, in terms of their, their talent and ability and have to work much harder uh, mm. in order to deliver their um uh in order to get the very best that they can out of their more limited more limited talent so they mm. spend more time with coaches they listen to coaches they pay more attention to coaches and they therefore they often become better coaches uh as a result and also they're probably thinking about it earlier on in their career because they know they're not gonna you know uh, be a pundit or whatever it is they're not gonna have the same options so mm. I, I think often the best coaches are not the best players for that for that reason. And then an, another point I would make is I think part of being a successful leader and a successful manager of people is being sensitive to the different needs of different types of people. And there are some players who do need a kick up the ass and do need shouting at and do mm. need you know and will respond to that. 
And there are other players where that's the worst thing in the world to do. Uh, and you'll only, you know, make them go into their shell and all of that. And, I, you know, I don't know what Joel's doing on the training ground and all of that, but his, his public persona doesn't suggest that he is tailoring his response to the sort of player that he is dealing with uh, on a day-to-day basis. But mm. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, see the comments there. I mean, we've been speaking to a few, obviously a few of our, we know quite a few people have gone to the the, um, the game today and um, we've been getting sort of feedback on what the away end was like. And, you know, David Styles, you know, is coming back from the, the game now and, and he echoes my thoughts as well, David, you know, I completely agree. I've never felt so, even in 2015-16, it, well, it feels very similar, but I think the biggest thing is um, the position we were in when Gerard came in. Yes, I mean, Dino had lost five games in five, but we had a good squad. You know, the reason he got sacked was because he wasn't doing well enough with that squad um, and lower mid-table wasn't good enough with that squad. It was a mid-table squad. Um, and Joe has inherited a good squad that needed a tweaks, that needed a few players. Yeah, definitely maybe needed a, a something new uh, breathe into it. But, um, you know, he just hasn't done that. He had. It's not like 2015-16 where we'd, all our best players had gone and we'd, we'd spent hardly any money and, and it sort of been coming for five or six years. You know, this is the complete other end of the spectrum where we were on the up. We were in the ascendancy. We were in a good position um, and it was completely been destroyed. Um, unless, I mean, I'm going to try and share some of his comments now. But you have to uh, bear with me. I've never done this before on here. So I'm going to share my screen. Um, uh, yeah, just give me a second. I'm just going to share my uh, Chrome tab and, and I'll show you the, the tweets and uh, Gerard's comments. Um I mean, what before I put it on? What would you think he would have said <laughs> before I before I put it on? I mean, I imagine he'll have had a whinge about the sending off and the penalty, which I suppose he's in his rights to do because it was a harsh pen. Although they tend to get given these days, uh, but I don't know. I don't know what Matty Cash is supposed to do in that situation. He's a yard and a half away, and he's turning his back, and his arms are naturally flailing as he dives for the ball, mm. uh, and the sending off again. It's never a red. Mitrovic has barged into Louise twice and then gone down holding his face. But, I mean, Louise should just back away and not get involved in it. But it's never a red. So, he's probably had a moan about that. Um, but can you see that? You see that? Um, it's a bit small, mate. Oh, right. The is it's not good enough. Football's yeah. in my DNA. Quitting is certainly not. Ah, oh, he's gone for the Liz Trust. Uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. Yeah. How did that end up for How did that end up for Liz, yeah. I'll try. I'll try and make it bigger. Here we go. Let's try this one. There oh, we go. Can we get um... we go. Stephen Gerrard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what I expected him to say. It is exactly yeah. what I expected him to say. Um, you know, he he he's been saying he, everything he's said um, over the last few weeks has been about him. It's about him fronting up. It's about him dealing with uh, adversity. It's been nothing about the players and working together and teamwork, all this culture that Dino brought in, you know, and, and I hate to talk about Dino because ultimately I think it was the right thing to for him to go, but the culture of, of, of Villa and what it's about, the togetherness, uh, being a good teammate, you know, all of that's been destroyed, completely destroyed by, yeah. by Steven Gerrard and by this individualism ultimately both within, in terms of what he is of all of that, but also within the team, it's all about individuals. And, and you saw that with the change today. It wasn't about tactics or anything like that. It was like, as you said, you know, oh, Mitrovic comes out left, let's put Conzer out there. It's all about individuals. It's all about, you know, you win your individual battle and that's it. That's all that matters. N- yeah, and else. I think 
And I think, again, that comes back to what he keeps saying about big players doing big things and special players doing special things and all of that sort of stuff. Because that's that's obviously how he feels about what he used to do. Like The, mm. the reason Liverpool used to win tight games is because he would do something special and then he just expects his, his team and the rest of his team to do that. Mm. And the kind of arrogance of that, the, oh, here we go, Sam, bloody, oh, yeah, played against. Yeah. Come on. No one cares, Sam. No one cares. It's not about, it's not about you, Sam. It's not about you. Um, yeah, that, that his attitude is that you know, and, and to be honest, it's almost like it's, it's an arrogance of who he was as a player as well. Because yeah, mm. he did great things for Liverpool, but he had a great team around him, and he had good managers who set set <laughs> set up systems that allowed him to be you know a pretty mm. free player within that within that system. So mm. it, it, it just seems to be ignorant of the entire team ethic, the need for relationships within a team for it to be successful. Um, mm. And uh, that's before we even speak about his tactical limitations, you know. So uh, what is he for? <laughs> like, what, what's he for? Like, just get rid of him. He's can't do any of it. Like, basically, what we're doing is going mm. through in detail, picking apart all the things he can't do. And essentially, what we're saying is he can't do anything that's required of a top-level football coach. So, mm. why yeah, is he still here? Here we go. Let's have a look at this one as well. Um, I'll get this up again. Um, can you see that? Yeah, there were claims that some of the Villa hierarchy left the director's box before the end of the game. That's from Sam Wallace. Um, it's probably a tier one reporter, really. Um, you know, fairly, fairly knowledgeable and reliable as well. Um, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll they needed to, maybe they need to get on an Avanti back to Brom before, you know, and they're yeah. pretty unreliable, mate. So yeah. read too yeah. much into it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm just hoping he's got a meeting with Sir Graham Brady tomorrow and he's going to be, um, he's going to be, uh, given a little press conference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's inevitable, isn't it, really? I mean, it, does he get the Brentford game for you or, or not? No, I've said not for me. I mean, oh, well, do you, if I'm it was sorry. up to me, okay, up to you, if it was up to do me, you, no. Do, you do I it? think he will? I mean, to be honest, when you see reports coming out in the Telegraph and stuff about how, you know, we're approaching other managers and all of that sort of stuff, I think there's an element to which um, they're just leaving him in place until they've got someone firmly lined up. Uh, because um, I, I suppose every decision they've made so far, they've been able to say, uh, we're doing it because of this and because of the projects and because the club's progressing. There's no way currently, if we just sack him and put a caretaker in, of making this look like it's a decision to progress the club. It's a decision born out of failure, uh, mm. which to this point, no other thing that they've done is as clear cut in that regard. You know, in basically saying us as a hierarchy in the club, as Perslow and the board, mm. this decision was a failure. Because even with Smith, like you can't say it was a failure to appoint him. He did a great job. He got us up. We're competing. Mm. All of that sort of stuff. Um, this one, there's no question that it's a balls up. That, mm. uh, that you know. So I, I think. If they can get someone lined up who the fans are going to be happy with, you know, I have my doubts whether Pochettino be watching that tonight and go, yeah, go on, I'll give that, 
I'll give that a go. <laughs> looks, looks like the looks like the one for me when I could go yeah. to Juventus next year. Yeah. Um, but if they can get someone lined up that's going to get us all a bit excited, then I think they'd rather keep him hanging around, stinking up the place until they can basically do it, and then within a week or so get get the get the new person in. But um, hmm. for me, there's and from a football point of view, not a PR point of view. There's, there's zero argument for keeping him in the job any longer. Uh, and I would rather see, even if it's Critchley, like, you know, uh, who knows what his abilities are. He's obviously managed at a championship level, um, did a good job from Blackpool, for Blackpool by all accounts. Um, hmm. And maybe he's as hamstrung by Steven Gerrard's stubbornness as anyone else. I can't see any harm in making him caretaker boss on the weekend. Um, it, it can't be any worse, can it? No, 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 definitely not. Um, yeah, it's not like we're going to get anything out of it anyway. Um, I don't know if you saw there as well. I've just put it up on the screen just before we we uh, went back. Um, Matt Law said that one apparently one of the directors left at half time. Um, um, so I'd, I know Vanti are bad, but um, that's that is really bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's not yeah, talk about trains. Was, we talk about trains too much on this pod. But I, getting a coach. Jugsy just put um, a tweet out about uh, our pod when Gerard was Gerard was appointed, and I think I'd urge anyone to listen to that. Not because we're not. I'm not trying to blow our own trumpet at all. Because a lot. Oh of no, go on, like, mate. Oh, blow our no, own no, no. trumpet. <laughs> yeah, we were right. No, we were right. We were right. No, apart but, from it, Sam. It, apart from Sam, uh, a lot of people were in similar said the similar thing to us, but it just didn't feel right when Gerard came in. And our pod at the time, you know, we a lot of the problems we were worried about. Um, and concerns we had have played out. Um, it's yeah. simple as that. Um, it's it's you know it's uh, it's it's really you know we all wanted him to do well. We all wanted him to succeed because ultimately Villa succeed and we all benefit. But it just didn't feel right at the time. It was didn't a, feel like it was a high. Thing. It was a high risk gamble. That's what we said. You know the potential upside if he turned out to be the next big thing um, mm. was big. But the potential downside is exactly where we are now, where we've wasted a lot of money. Um, we're going to have to waste more money on giving him compensation to get rid. Mm. Um, you know, we're going uh, to we're going to have to, you know, start again. Effectively, the squad is is imbalanced now. You know, we've talked a lot. You know, we've got no wiggers. Most most systems rely on wiggers of some sort or other. We have only got one in the entire squad. Um, you know, it it's it set us back more than a year, and it feels like it feels like it's bit it's a bigger issue now than Stephen Gerrard. It feels like every decision, pretty much since we had our last uh, therapy session when Grealish left, me and you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels like every decision since then, pretty much, has been a misstep. Uh, maybe mm. signing, re-signing Ashley Young is the only, is the only one that wasn't. That's worked out quite well. But no, everything yeah. else, it just feels, you know. Mm. Um, again, 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 Ashley Young, like, best player. The 37-year-old, you know, yeah. player who's near the end of his career is our best player. It's just not on. And uh, I, I said it on Twitter. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, since our, our our pod there that you're talking about there with Jack Jack left, you know, um, it just seems like since we signed Danny Ings, it was a it was a real shift in strategy. Yeah, I had Perslow's fingerprints all over it, um, and I'm sure he he would say himself. Um, 
and it was just completely the wrong strategy. And we've seen that since that since that signing, we've seen the same thing. I mean, Kamara aside, I think every other player has has fitted that mold. You know, the sort of ready made, ready to go. And there's all this, you know, all this talk about you know work in progress, etc. Doesn't work. Doesn't marry up. You can't. You can't. Uh, you know, you can't have a Formula One car, build the best Formula One car in the world, and then give it to me to to drive around. Monaco Grand Prix you know it's it's just not on that's what we've done you know we've 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 tried to be a big club by buying expensive players and ready-made players who we think we can push us to the next level and then we've hired a rookie um to, to yeah. manage it ultimately and and it's just poor poor management you wouldn't see that if you were in a business now yeah, any other business doesn't matter what it is you you know you did that you'd be you'd be out the door um and uh you, your shareholders your owners would not be happy at all um, and and that again, that rests on Perslow and rests on Langer. You know, they they also have a, a part to play in this, and a big big part to play in this. And um, you know, they need to self reflect massively. Um, and and you know, if we are to move forward now and, and continue to progress, it's going to take a bit of time. You know, as you say, the the squad isn't. You know, any manager is now going to benefit, um, inherit this squad. It's not going to be the squad they want. It's not going to be in the style that they want. They're going to have to work at it. It's going to take us another couple of years to do that. Um, they need to pick the right manager. They need to give them the right backing, and they need to have the right strategy in place and the right the things things going on behind the scenes, the the processes, everything behind the scenes needs to be right. And it's not right at the moment. They need this is the time. This is the time to do it because you know you can we can trot along. We've got enough quality in our squad, and I know it's you know people will say the better teams have gone down, etc. But we've got enough quality in our squad that we can sort of you know get to safety and, and sort of it'll be a nothing season but you know whatever it's gonna be nothing season anyway but it's important to make decisions now that are going to benefit us in the long term um in the next two three years and so we can see the fruits of that labor because you're right we've been knocked back now you know there's no there's no way there's no way we're going to finish top 10 or anything like that and then progress it's not going to be um the straight line a straight line that we were expecting it's going to be um so a bumpy road but if they make the right decisions now and they self like say self-reflect and make those decisions make those hard decisions now then ultimately it's going to benefit us in the long term but in, it can't be any quick fixes now um it just can't be it can't be a danny ings type plaster um it, it just won't work yeah well also i mean uh, we were a very young squad so i don't have an issue with changing the mix of the squad a little bit and bringing in some more experienced players and for example, you know, I didn't have an issue with the signing of Carlos. That seems like a good signing. Obviously, unfortunate that he got he got injured. Um, it's not like we shouldn't ever sign players who are in their late twenties or, or whatever. It's just that it seemed to have been a complete shift in that uh, direction. Um, mm. And so, um, and and it just it it felt like uh, it, it felt like. At, our response to the to Grealish going more than a considered move at the time, and you know, I said at the time, you know, I and, and I had this debate with uh, with Sam as well at the time. You know, Ings coming in, we needed another striker, and I mm. I was of the opinion, why not get the best striker that you can get? But then we spent the whole time trying to force both of those players into the squad and uh, into the team, and for me, they're different types of players that you use in different ways at different at different times and it, you know hmm. uh but it's created a huge amount of confusion and uh, an imbalance and it, you know it hasn't worked and um it's it's just uh i don't know mate it's just depressing isn't it it's just to, to have been on 
in such a positive yeah. vibe around the club to mm. to be where we are now in such a short space of time um is uh it's just difficult to deal with isn't it <laughs> so i'm just looking at something really funny um uh, <laughs> um apparently uh i'll find it now i'll show you um obviously it's been a not only a tumult tumultuous time uh, for Villa, it's been a tumultuous time for the, the UK government as well. Um, so <laughs> apparently uh, someone, I don't know, Josh, who's been on the, um, he's been on the pod before actually when we did one of our phone-ins and I'll try and find his tweet. Um, he made, I saw he made a comment about an hour ago when he, when he, when it was quite obvious that we were going to lose. I think it was after Louise got sent off and we'd gone 2-0 down. He said, I bet you, he posted a video of Liz Truss saying, uh, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And apparently he's done it. <laughs> apparently he said exactly yeah. the same thing, <laughs> which does, does not bode well, does it? No, no. <laughs> right. I mean, one thing we should, on a positive side, mate, one thing we should mention is I thought the away support was phenomenal yeah. today. Yeah. Um, oh, should we, should, we do hero, should, we do, should we do Hero and Villain of the Week just because I did a video and I want to show it? And I, I'll, yeah, all right, go on then, mate. Do. Yeah, should we do it? Should we do it? I, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, come on. I'll be working on this. So, um, all week. Oh, you've, that's what you all week. No, no, there's loads. <laughs> I've got loads, mate. Uh, do you want to see them all? Let's see them all. Should we see them all? No, no, no. Let's do the segment no, first, and then we'll yeah, do right. the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got. One I think you one. need to get like a. You can't just have the A. You need a V on there as well. You yeah, no, I know. I will do it. I will do it. I don't have I didn't have time. I mean, I've actually had a very busy yeah. work week. So I, I did sure. this literally. I did this sure. literally in uh, Friday, <laughs> Friday evening last week, and I've done one for all the different segments as well. So you'll see. Yeah, that was actually, that's the shortest one. Um, there's yeah. Another one. But yeah, Hero of the Week, it's got to be the, the away fans, isn't it? I mean, away fans, had, exceptional. No, and yeah, obviously they turned on Gerard in the second half and that's perfectly uh, understandable and also was quite enjoyable <laughs> to listen to. Uh, there wasn't much else to enjoy in the game. But in the first half, you can't accuse them of not supporting the team what, for as long as we were in the game, which wasn't very long. Uh, you know, and at kickoff... Um, uh Ale Ale and all of that it was it was massive uh, and even at the end you know there was a bit of three nil and you still don't sing to the Fulham fans and and all of that and they were just I think the Villa fans were exceptional and they usually are away from home um and in the circumstances it would very be very easy not to be uh I mean I saw Dan Bardell tweeting and saying you know that the he'd never seen an away and seemed so apathetic and and all of that but listening to it it didn't it didn't no. seem that it didn't seem that way. It's, well, it Forrest, seemed like Forrest, Forrest was way worse. Um, well, I was there, Forrest, and there was no singing at all, hardly at yeah. all, honestly. So maybe um, it was a bit. I, I think the old gallows humour kicking in uh, today, whereas at Forest it was just still a bit more like just drudging along and you know seeing what would happen. But um, but yeah, I thought the fans were absolutely exceptional. So shout out to Sam and Yarrick of the pod who were both who were both there tonight, and I and, assume. Uh, and my I assume their, their voices were loud and proud. Uh, shout out to Dan and Dolan as well, who were there. And my mate Nick as well, who uh, was a fellow season ticket holder for me for a long time. He's been on the pod as well. Um, he was in the home end. <laughs> Snuck in by himself. Yeah, there's no yeah. there's no neutral stand anymore, is there? They've no, there isn't. That, no, they? I shouldn't say yeah. that, actually. Get, get done. Someone just posted. I won't I won't share it, but um, Silver Arrows Willen said, if Watkins shot John Lennon, he would be 82 today. 
Ah, uh, you see, I saw uh, there was a viral Marcus Rashford equivalent of that yesterday. Oh, so he's oh, All right. so yeah. I think he's nicked that. So apologies yeah. to whoever that was, but I think he's nicked that. To be fair, right. Watkins didn't really have many ch- any chances today. David Styles is behind enemy lines too. Well done, David. Well done. Uh, fair play to you, man. Brave man, F- Fulham. They're, they're full, well known. They're well known for their the full, full force. Someone, <laughs> someone attack you with one of their um, clapper things, did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trap your finger in them. No, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's anything more to talk about, really, is there, mate? I don't want to go on. On a normal video, you want to play? I want to play your extra videos, mate. Do you, do you reckon? Do you, I'll show you one. Oh, you I'll wanted to do one. it, didn't you? Yeah, I did, but oh. I'll show you one. Uh, there we go. I'll show you the Villa Vault. Um, Nice. Yeah. I have. Good. I have just. I've just nicked that. Yes. Um, yeah. Still. I thought I'd seen that before, still, mate. Still, but yeah. Yeah. We got. Look, we got vital yeah. statistics as well. Vital statistics, ladies. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst one, mate. I can't believe you've done the worst one for my for my segment. I know. I need to work on it. I didn't. I've done really quickly. You do need to work. That one was loud. Yeah, that is loud. It's like the like the villa away end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll work on them. I'll work on them. We'll, we'll get better. We will get better. We will get better. Do we want to talk about Brentford or is just? Um, do, I, I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really, to talk about. Uh... Oh, thanks, DW, mate. Uh, you're calling the Villa Vault. I was still calling the Villa Vault. That's brilliant. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. That's uh, the advantage of uh, the audio-visual format, isn't it? That now you go. can see that we're yeah. talking about a vault. I mean, it, you know, to be fair to me, it's been in the description pretty much every episode uh, and on our Twitter page every episode. But, you know, fair enough. I think you just if you just listen to it on Spotify... and People don't read the descriptions, mate. It's an audio, I it's an I audio medium. I don't, so. I don't either, to be fair, and the other pods I listen to. So, uh, yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, right now, I really, really appreciate you listening to the start. Um, let, let, give us some feedback as well in the comments about the YouTube videos as well. Um, what you'd like to see? Uh, I know it's a different format for us. Um, we'll still obviously still be doing the uh, the the audio pods as well. But just you know, anything anything you'd like to see us improve, etc. We'd love to hear that, and uh, you know, drop us a comment, drop us a like, etc. Brentford game. Um, I mean, where do we start? Really, I think it's so difficult. Uh, so difficult to um, talk about because we just don't know who the manager is going to be, what's going to happen. It's going to be a difficult game. We don't have a good record against Brentford regardless. So it's just going to be negative, isn't it? Um, either way. I mean, is there anything particular you want to discuss before we, we close for the day? No. I just thought you might want to. I just no, thought no. you might want to, so I mentioned it. I mean, uh, I, just... <laughs> uh, I, mean I hope uh, there's a new manager in place. I think Villa Park will be absolutely toxic if it's still Steven Gerrard and if the game does not go well. Um, yeah. And that's never that's never good. It's never nice to see that at your football club. It's understandable. I'm not criticising anyone for doing it at all in the circumstances. Mm. I've just spent 45 minutes moaning and calling him useless in various different ways. But um, 
yeah, I, I just hope he's not there in the dugout. I really do. Because it's just, you know. Hmm. And also, God, imagine if we keep him and then he wins. Like, is that enough? Mm. And I just feel like that's the situation we've been in for so long. We've just been limping along where he's been doing just enough to get away with it. Uh, and I just mm. really hope that today is the end of that and it's a recognition that it's it's just done. There's, there's nothing left that he can do and he needs to go yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And um, sorry, Sam just WhatsApp said, um, why isn't this classed as a half a pod given there are only two of you asking for a friend? Uh, brackets, Jaro. Just to be length, clear. Length, isn't it? Length, length yeah. Isn't it, we literally, it was literally like an 11-minute pod we did it literally at the last minute. Um, That's why I'm dragging it out and getting you to talk about Brentford because yeah. I don't want to get oh, downgraded to a half pod. Oh, uh, yeah, don't, no one's that on the record, do they? But no, remember, that, um, remember that great banter that... Uh, Agas did on uh, boycott on the uh, test match special where he said that uh, he did this whole, he, he read out what he was pretending was a press release from the uh, ICC which oh, was yes. saying that yeah. the, uh, <laughs> that the um, rest of the world test was getting downgraded and was no longer going to be first class status. And then did this whole bit around, Oh, but your hundred hundred was at Headingley uh, Jeffrey and that, that won't count anymore and then he, he was just wanting <laughs> so you could do that to me now you could uh you yeah, know, yeah. In, in a year in a year or two's time you could be like remember pod 102 yeah it's not a first class pod anymore we're no. downgrading that to a half as no, well no. you will always have the honor of having your number one rated pod always have that honor well, not necessarily mate we mm. we might overtake it never know never know never know Oh yeah, good. Yeah, let's be, posit- let's be positive. Yeah, well, yeah. Never know, never know. It was big numbers, though. It was big numbers. It was That's a fine. big. It was a big day, though. I don't think it was because it was me. I'm sure I won. No, no, no. no I no. think that was. I think okay. that was Jack pulling the numbers in, not me. To be fair. No, I think. I think uh, equal weighting. Uh, a bit like Jared and Perslow have equal responsibility. I think you have equal weighting in that. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thank you for listening and watching. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please do like I said, subscribe and like this video. Leave a comment. Put the. No- notifications on uh we'll be we'll be doing one every week so you know please do tune in again and uh if you're on audio only then please do subscribe and follow on whatever podcast platform you're on follow us on twitter at villa podcast or one word um thank you um it's it's tough i know it's tough but uh you know we're here for you if you want to vent if you ever want to come on um just drop me a message you know this this channel has always all been about giving you a voice and yes we have the same guys on every week pretty much but uh, we do do pods now and again where we do the phone-ins and get everyone on. Um, we'll do that We'll do that again, I'm sure, when Jared goes. Um, I wasn't clear if he goes, but it's, it's a question of when. When? When? When he goes. But yeah, you know, please. Unless, please, it's, please, unless um, it's tomorrow when he goes because Omar's got to drive to London tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that maybe another day. But yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, up the villa. Yeah, please. Please. I love it. I love it.